It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David. And it is time for your weekly grape encounter. And I'm happy to say that I am on the mend. I mentioned last week that I had, oh my gosh, the most intricate spinal surgery to correct something that has dogged me for, gosh, a decade and a half at least. And anyway, found a really cool neurosurgeon who has, I think, put that matter to rest. But the healing part is, <laughs> oh, it's a bear, I'll tell you. It's not fun. And I, I only mention this because there I got actually three or four different letters from people who wanted to know more about that, that surgery. And I'm going to be actually be sending you, you guys an email. But just to say really quickly, uh, they, they replaced all of the discs from um, L1 to L5. And I, I saw a x-ray of it. And it's just like totally spooky scary. But it, it works just fine. And, you know, I, I'm surprised I was up and walking the next day. But, yeah, there's a lot of hurt involved in the healing process. And that's the way it goes. But you know what? If we're going to have great grape encounter adventures, then we got to be 100%. And I am uh, very certain that is where I'm going to be. So thank you guys for the nice um, sentiments that you sent my way. But I um, because I, I can't get out too much for the next few weeks, I uh, really have stocked up the refrigerator. And I'm doing some much-needed home cooking because I sometimes I, I and I love to cook at home, but sometimes I don't always have the the time to do it. And since I'm convalescing, I'm doing a, a lot of cooking. And one of the things that is just such an important part of the cooking process is the the spices and the seasonings and. In fact, a friend of mine came over and had dinner with me last night, and she said, she says, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how many spices you have. And, and I was kind of thinking about it, and I might have 100 spices in my cabinets, but I probably use like six of them, <laughs> you know, all the time. Well, there is one spice that I use all the time. It's actually not a spice. It is a, it is a blend. And I talked about it on this show probably, I'm going to say like the last time four years ago. It's been a while. But there's a guy who lives in my neck of the woods, and he's he's in a creaky chair. I've got him sitting in a creaky chair, so you hear some noises in the background. That's what that is. He makes the best spice blend I have ever tasted, and I'm not just saying that, and it's not 
a commercial for him. It's just that he's got the spice thing down so pat. And how you season your meat, whether it be lamb or chicken or beef, has everything to do with the wine pairings that you do. And it's the spices so often that are the tail that wags the dog when it comes to food. So I am pleased to welcome to the show Mr. Bren Randolph. And he is the inventor of Bren's Original. Is it original or originals? Original. Just original. Original. Well, it, it shouldn't be... It's, it, I'm gonna rename, it's being renamed to Bren's Blends. Bren's Blends. Blends. Well, that's kind of got a alliteration to it. Right. That's Thank pretty you. nice. Thank you. I haven't seen you in a year and a half because of COVID. I've been extremely busy blending because everybody's been staying home. Yeah. And I've been nonstop blending and mail orders, um, shipping seasonings throughout the United States. You've been blending. I've been mending. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, tell them I don't look that bad, do I, right? No. A little oh. slow. <laughs> a little I need to go get my old cattle prod. Man, I tell you. God, you know, you, you sit down in a chair and, and you go, oh, this feels pretty good, you know? Because the first couple of days after the surgery, they would bring food in in the hospital, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, God, what I would have given for a bottle of your spices, yep. right? should have let me know where you were at. I didn't want anybody to know I was even, you know, doing this. You know, I, I thought I could just do it and I'd be okay with it. But I decided I'm just going to tell people. But anyway, I'm like reaching across and grabbing a handful of what it might be macaroni and cheese or something. I'm just grabbing it off the plate because I can't sit up, you know? Oh my, my spicy blender with that macaroni and cheese is amazing. I don't think there's anything that could have oh. saved that macaroni and cheese brand. Oh. I don't see this is something that I don't understand is that like take a hospital for instance they're cooking for a whole lot of people there's there's no reason for the food to taste awful no, it should taste good I mean I understand that they got to generally restrict salt and but they can put for people who don't have salt restrictions they can put salt and you can add that back in right. but the food so often is just tasteless that's not right absolutely tasteless and and then and the worst part Brent is is that they didn't even bother to serve any wine with it. I guess they don't do that in the hospital, right? Sneak it in. Anyway, it was terrible. But but so so what I was saying is is that now I as you can see I'm sitting up and I look pretty normal. But the problem is is that if I sit here like for an hour and then I go to get up, it's gonna be just awful. It's like, you know, these jolts that go through your <laughs> oh, body. Boy. I'm excited because I lived with a lot of pain for a long, long time. So anyway, but th enough about me. You make the best seasoning blends, I think, in America. And I am a seasoning freak. And I'm not doing this because you're my friend. You're my friend because of your blend. Right. I'm saying this because everybody that has ever tasted your seasonings goes bonkers. That's true. That's true. I got a brother. He's a, he's a wino and a foodie. His name is Steve. He's up in Mendocino County where food is all the rage up there, right? And I brought him a bottle of your seasoning, and he poo-pooed it initially. He said, I, you know what? He goes, I blend my own seasonings. Right. I don't, you know, I don't buy pre-blended seasonings. I what you're say. Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, next, the next time I see him, like six months later for a family thing, he's going, hey, how do I get more of that? Yep. That blend. That happens all the time. And he and he begs me for the the stuff, and it's now to the point where I don't have one drop of your seasoning in the cabinets because I've even given him partial bottles. Yep. He loves it so much, and I get that all the time because we have the wine shop, and and you've been gone, and I haven't gotten any seasoning for over a year now, and and people call all the time. Yeah. And I guess they just go straight to you, and they they get it online. 
yeah, they get, get online and, um, you know, it's it, it's available. It's just, I've been so busy and it's, it's amazing how busy I am. Well, you know, the thing that I want to stress here is this, that we in the wine business talk a lot about, you know, you pairing this with beef and this right. with chicken and this with pork or whatever, right? It's not the meat that matters. Exactly. Folks, it's not the meat that matters. It's what you put on the meat that matters. It's the seasonings. That's what drives it. And not just seasoning, by the way, let's talk sauces too. Because, I mean, think for instance of something like a Chilean sea bass. A Chilean sea bass is a really light and delicate fish, but then I've had it blackened. I've had it with, um, with all kinds of dark sauces. It's delicious with those sauces. And now it'll stand up to a pretty hearty wine. So you've got to think in terms of matching the hardiness, I think, of what it is that you're eating after it's been seasoned with the wine. So what we're going to do, Bren, is uh, we're going to come back. We're going to do a lot of teaching about seasoning and wine today. I'm talking to Bren Randolph. He is the creator, the curator of Bren's Original. And I'm telling you, you're going to learn a lot here. You don't have to buy the spices to learn what I want you to learn today because this guy understands spices better than anybody alive. And I really mean that. And he can be a pain in the butt sometimes <laughs> because he's a, he's his own man for sure. Or a cowboy. That's right. But but when it comes to spice, um, he, he gets it better than anybody I've ever seen. And I, I have to take my hat off to him. And I'm not wearing a hat, but... If I was, I would take it off to him. I'm taking my. I've been gifted. I've been gifted by. uh, I've been gifted by God or angels, whoever, but to understand seasonings, wine, cooking, I've been gifted. All right, we'll tell you what. We'll do that when we come back. We're going to be back in just a second with Bren Randolph. We're talking spices and wine. Isn't that fine? On Grape Encounters Radio. Many wine enthusiasts describe wine as a kind of time machine that can transport you to the place and time it was created without leaving home. Whether you're sipping a Sangiovese from Italy or a German Riesling, tasting is traveling. That being said, Total Wine & More is like the world's biggest airport. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world in their stores, you can be incredibly adventurous and savor every journey. Plus, you can do all of your shopping online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order at your local Total Wine and more. If you're a frequent Grape Encounters radio listener, you know that our show is all about inclusiveness. For far too long, wine consumers have felt left out, simply because a small minority of, well, let's call them out, wine snobs have dominated the conversation. For 12 years, it's been my mission to give you, the wine enthusiasts that just want to have fun, a front row seat to everything that's cool about wine. And while we have a very intimate thing going on here, I've been thinking that we can take things where no radio or TV program has gone before. And so beginning next week, I'm inviting you and your friends to get together with me for a private online party. This isn't a big streaming free-for-all event. It's you, me, and your guests. You decide what you want to talk about, we'll set a time, then it's party time. So email me using the contact form at grapeencounters.com. Tell me a little bit about how we can make this fun for you, and I'll respond to as many requests as I can. Just drop me a note at grapeencounters.com.
We're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I must say that my guest today is a very tormented man. <laughs> Because he lives and breathes spices. <laughs> I mean, he and in cooking too. That voice is Bren Randolph, and I've known him for gosh about eight years now. And I didn't honestly take him so seriously when I first met him, you know, because I was busy kind of starting the, the wine bar here on the central coast of California. But once I started to try his products, I'm like, OMG! These are absolutely crazy delicious. And I found that I could take, Bren, your spices, any one of them, and you have, at the time, you had probably four to six, let's say, okay? And I could take any one of those spices, and it would work as well on chicken, as pork, as beef. Well, why is that? I mean, because, you know, so often when you go into a store and you buy, I mean, gosh knows, there's so many spice blends out there available, and most of them are just worthless. Um, But they're usually made for certain kinds of meat, like this is for red meat, or this is for poultry and fish, or, or this is strictly for fish. Why, what is it about your spices that make them work for anything. Well, the, the savory blend, I, that was my very first one. I called that the mother. That was developed just for just all your fish, your meats, salads, soups, Bloody Marys. And then I was asked to make a spicy blend. So I did a lot of research on peppers, you know, habanero, cayenne, um, the different type of um, chilies. Okay. Got that established. With a lot of input from different people, I hand out um, samples and people come back and talk, we talk about it. Um, then I made my Southwest blend. It's, there's no heat to it, but it's got cumin in it. It's my spicy blend with no heat. So I put cumin in it for your like your Mexican uh, fajitas, chili um, specialty dishes. You dip, you know, you make um, special cheese dips with that one. Then my savory is my original, but I put earth paper bonds in it. It was a lavender flower, which is beautiful for like your pizza, your Italian dishes, fish. Um, okay, so let's let's give people a takeaway here because you've mentioned something that's pretty um, interesting, the Herbes de Provence, okay? Mm-hmm. So that is a blend in and of itself, is it not? It is. And, 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 and so what is that? Because I think people are a little bit afraid of that one because they don't really know what it is. It's got a little bit of lavender flower. And that's the big deal. That really, that's yeah. that's going to give it that very special flavor. Very special. It's not overpowering. It's just, it's balanced. I mean, it's so balanced. It's taking me a long time to get that that created, but it's got your herbs, your um, leafy oregano, um, you know, thyme, marjoram. Okay, so so, so I'm going to stop you again. So I go to a pretty nice nursery a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I decide I'm going to plant a whole bunch of herbs. Let's out. say rosemary. Let's use rosemary for example. Uh, okay, but I uh, okay, we can use rosemary, but I kind of like to use oregano, and here's why. Yeah, because no, because I because I, I I go to buy oregano, and guess what? Way too powerful. No. There's too many oreganos. There's like there's like there's like six or seven different oreganos that they have there, and and some of them are just like intense as all get out, and then others are 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 much different. Is it how does it work in the spice business? Is there kind of the the standard oregano, the standard rosemary that people use, or I, I'm very cl- I'm very specific. I use Mexican oregano. Mexican. Yeah. And that's a bigger leaf, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I use that one um, powdered, um, and I don't switch. Once I've once I've decided to keep with that particular flavor, I don't I don't. Change or change. So, so oregano is a, is really a, a hefty. It's one of, one of the most potent sp- sp- spices, right? That and rosemary. 
Okay, so yeah, that would, that would probably be the, the two that would be most potent. So is it safe for me to say that when there is an abundance of those spices in, um, in a dish, that I might be able to wander into the world of red wine more than if they weren't there? I mean, because they'll stand up to a big wine, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, they both—they're both—they both work together. You know, my formula. Um, one of them's got you know, it's greater than greater than the other one percentage-wise, but they work together. Just like my spicy must and the spices, the spicy one because I use habanero and cayenne. They both work together. They both come at your taste buds at different timings. So you. You blend a lot of spices for wineries. Yes. Okay. And I'm, I and some some of the really really well known wineries have have special blends that you make for them. Okay. Big time. Big time yeah. So, and and we're talking about wineries that do a lot of red wine. Yes. So what can we expect in those spice blends? What are they looking for to make their red wines really shine? The, the, they like everybody. The, the, my savory and my the original. That's that's those are my the, all my blends move fast. But the original savory. What's in there that make them unique? It's the, the Hungarian paprika, the California chili, in my Southwest blend, and the spicy blend. So, so what's the difference between Hungarian paprika? And the kind of paprika that we just go, you know, buy at the market. I was asked that question. <clears throat> the owner of a winery come up. He asked me. He said, "Brent, what? What? Your spices are amazing." He said, "What t- um, type of paprika do you use?" I said, "Domestic." He asked me. He said, "Do you ever use Hungarian?" I said, "No." So I went home, ordered a pound of it, went back up to his winery. I said, "Okay, tell me the one. Tell me which one's Hungarian." He threw it across the table to another couple. They're from Hungary, which I didn't know. He opened a little baggie up, smells it, puts it down, opens the other, the other one up. He smells it. He says, that one right there. I changed all my paprika, my paprika domestic to Hungarian paprika because it's a sweet. It's, a, it's hard to explain, but it's so sweet. It's so amazing. Um, and it changed the dynamics of my spicy blend and my Southwest blend. I made it, it changes so beautifully. Twice the amount of money, but who cares? Let's say somebody, for whatever reason, can't get your spices, okay? So now they go into their grocery store, and they, they've got to go down the spice aisle, and it's always a rip-off, by the way. Right, you know, oh, I know. Five, six, seven dollars for a bottle of spices is insane. But I guess we're supposed to just assume that paprika is paprika is paprika, and oregano is oregano is oregano, and... If you want to really play with spices, where would you go? Do you buy it online? Is that what you do? I, I have <clears throat> several um, companies I deal bulk with, you know, or 50 pounds of um, a special 24 mesh pepper or 25 pounds of the Hungarian, Hungarian paprika once a month. Um, you, you know, if you just can't go to the grocery store to get that quality, you know. Yeah, it's and one of the things that people, I think, don't get about spices. It's one thing to very carefully keep cigars in a humidor, right. but spices, you know what? After a year, I toss them. Right. They're they're done because they're sitting there and they're sucking up moisture. And one thing about my spices, they don't stay on the shelf very long. Once people know how to cook with them, use them, they don't. It does not stay on the shelf very long. Here's my here's my saying for the day: If the spice has turned gray, <laughs> throw it away. Yep. You like that? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually trademark that. <laughs> and then I'll let you use it for just a little bit of money, okay? We're talking to Bren Randolph. His uh, product is Bren's Original. But dragged him in here because I haven't seen him for about a year and a half. But also because he just, I mean, nobody gets spices like this guy does. He just really gets it and understands it. So it's great to have you here, Bren. And uh, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. 
Immerse yourself in the breathtaking surroundings that make Oregon a must-visit. Taste unrivaled wines. Indulge in lavish culinary creations. Savor the very best of Oregon. Enjoy time with your guests as you bid on exclusive auction items and wine futures, all to transform healthcare through Asante Foundation. Join us this August for the Oregon Wine Experience. Visit theoregonwineexperience.com to be part of this unique celebration. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking surroundings that make Oregon a must-visit. Taste unrivaled wines. Indulge in lavish culinary creations. Savor the very best of Oregon. Enjoy time with your guests as you bid on exclusive auction items and wine futures. All to transform healthcare through Asante Foundation. Join us this August for the Oregon Wine Experience. Visit theoregonwineexperience.com to be part of this unique celebration. We're back with more Grape Encounters. Hey, please do us an enormous favor and like us on Facebook. It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast. Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com. Listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities. Become an insider. Enough said. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. You know, if there's one thing that you probably know about me, it's that I really encourage people to just lighten it up when it comes to pairing. You know, there's all those pairing rules out there. And the truth of the matter is, there are so many times that I just break those rules. Because sometimes to me, a wine that wasn't supposed to be paired with something based on the rule book actually paired really nicely. Now, there's a guy... His name is Bren Randolph. I think he probably is the number one genius that I have ever met when it comes to spices. I have tasted so many blends that he has made commercially, but also ones that he has concocted for special occasions, or he's used me as a guinea pig to taste and all this stuff. He's sitting with me today, and there are a couple of spices that really dominate the spices, but we kind of don't think about it. And the, the two things that I'm thinking of, and I'd like you to just speak to this for a second, garlic, number one. And there's just so many choices where garlic is concerned. And then what's the deal with Himalayan sea salt? Is it that good? Is it that much better? It is. You know, I was using um, flake certified sea salt in a flake and it'd melt quick. And 
it was like number two on my ingredients list. And there's a famous doctor up here that said, Bryn, if you can ever get your um, salt level down on your label, you're going to knock this thing out of the ballpark. And he's very famous up here. Um, so I ordered Himalayan pink sea salt. It took me probably a month to two months to change my formula around because it's so strong and so rich and so good. And I kept bringing it down, bringing it down on my label. I said, oh my God, I'm going to put that third and fourth on my ingredients label. And that's huge. And I, I give it to different people in the areas. They would give me their input. And the one thing about, about my blends is low salt. It's not very salty. So when you want to spice up your food, you want to hit a heart and you're going to get all these beautiful flavors and not a lot of salt. What does salt do for food? I, I mean, don't know. It just it enhances. It bring, it pops. It, I don't know what the right word is, but it, it brings everything together. Yeah, everybody, uh, there was a whole thing about MSG and, you know, Chinese restaurants were using it. And it's a pretty amazing substance because when you sprinkle it on something, it just like, it's like putting miracle grow on your right. lawn, right? Yeah, but but not apparently not very good for you. Salt does exactly the same thing, doesn't it? Right. It does. Yes. Okay. My, my opinion, and I don't have any MSG in any of my blends, but salt, it could be too salty or not salty enough, but it's, I'm, I feel like I'm right in the middle. It sounds like you err on the less salty side, so that if somebody wants to amp up the salt exactly. a little bit more, want, yeah. they can do that. Because you can't, you can't pull the salt down. No, I want people to salt their own food if they want. And I get so many compliments throughout the areas that they have no reaction to the salt. You know, they got families that are sensitive to salt. They call and contact me and say, we had none, my husband or my grandfather and had no reaction to your blends. So the, the other one that I mentioned is garlic, okay? And we're, we're very fortunate because we live pretty close to a place called Gilroy, which Correct. is absolutely the garlic capital of certainly America. Correct. Maybe the world. I don't know it, how big their reputation is, but it's, it's a tiny little town. But they they grow the most amazing garlic there. Is there a big difference between Gilroy garlic and garlic from other places? Yes, big time. What it, what is it? You know, I'm I'm dealing with a new garlic company right now. Um, they're out of Morgan Hill and Gilroy. Yeah, and by the way, Morgan Hill is like sort of right next door to Gilroy. Right next door yeah, yeah. Um, some garlics are really hot and way way too pungent um, and, and these companies have been sending me samples and I finally locked one in it's a little bit more of a sweeter mellow garlic okay it's very consistent and so you 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 go for the sweeter garlic so there's sometimes I'll cut up garlic and it'll the smell will be on my fingers for days right, right. and that's not garlic you want to use right no. that's too over the top it's almost hard to control you know when you're sitting there and you're chopping garlic and you've got something that's that pungent you got to get that down to really find, to integrate it, right? Yes. Do you find a shortage ever of the Gilroy garlic? Because yes, big time. Right now, I'm experiencing a shortage huge right now. Really? Get a drought. Oh, my gosh, and I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. And garlic, I imagine, takes a lot of water. Is garlic in the onion family? Yes. It is. Okay. So what about onions, then? Do you put onion in your, in your spices you're, as well? You're asking me a secret. My formula, when I cook with it, the next morning or that evening, I'm waiting to overtaste something. The, the onion I was using is a white onion, not the yellow. I could over, I could over, I could taste it that next morning. So I brought the level down on the um, my formula, and it it brought out the oregano. It brought out the um, the rosemary. It brought everything better together. It's, it's hard to explain, but it really brought everything together. Let's talk about the garlic for a moment and the onion for a moment. We're blessed to live in a region that makes an incredible 
variety of wine. Yeah, okay. Yes, big time. So when I'm eating garlic, I mean I love garlic. Right. I could put garlic on ice cream. Yep. Grandma lived to be ninety nine, and, and I had my original blend. Your grandma. My wife's grandma. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. She lived to be ninety nine. She said, "Brandon, if you ever marked the season, that was just my original blend." You put on the label, not recommended for ice cream, everything, I'll just go for it. And somebody from Bakersfield commented years, a couple of years ago that it'd be good on ice cream. <laughs> okay. So garlic and onion, those, you know, yeah. that family of spices, we have just an incredible array of wines to choose from. What are some of the wines that do well with those kinds of spices? All my blends go good with reds and whites. I mean... Well, you just narrowed it down to all wines in the world. Yes. Big. Well, no, come on. Be a little more specific. You're not going to... I'm not letting you off that easy. I'm a red, I, I'm I mean, are red. we talking Syrahs? Are we talking Zinfandels? What, what, I mean, Zin, Zin, Cabs. Zins and Cabs. But my spicy blends, that's more of your whites, your um, Aberinos and Chardonnays and stuff like that. Even maybe like Tarantes and yes. and Sauvignon Blancs? Sauvignon Blanc, big time, yes. So people love, and this is going to be real interesting to hear your answer, people love Thai food. Mm -hmm. And Thai food has some of the most intense... Now, I, 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 you don't make a Thai spice, let's just be clear about that. But, but the spices and some of the chili peppers that they put in there are so intense it'll just blow your mouth off. Right. It's really interesting what you pair with that. Do you have any thoughts? Because I'm going to share what I know about that, and it's going to surprise a lot of people. We're going to end it with this, but here's a little bit of information for people. If you're eating really, really spicy like Thai food, go for the Rieslings. You can go for white Zinfandels, light, bright, slightly sweet wines. Right. Really, really cut down the, well, just the powerfulness of those peppers and spices and it works so well together. So that's all we got today. Bren Randolph, the, the product is Bren's Original. If people want to buy it, they can get it online. Yeah, let's go to Bren's Original Blend. Google it. You'll see um, a little video of me in my little facility. I've advanced it even more since then. It's, it's growing fast. Well, maybe what we got to do is we got to give away like 20 bottles of it to my listeners, something like that. I'm going to hit you up. And we, I won't do it today. When I get my online orders, people order a dozen or two or three. I always throw in a new one. What am I doing? You know, That's nice. Three ounces for thanking them. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. No problem with that at all. All right. Well, Brent, I appreciate you being on very much. It's been nice to have you. Nice to see you. Nice to know that you're still alive. So many of us lost contact during the, the COVID crisis. So it's get, nice that everybody's going to get back together and you know, get yeah. back in the groove. And then you're going to do what I what you do best, which is to come to my events and sprinkle spices all over my tables and have people licking it off the table. And you really do do that. And it just annoys me <laughs> so much. We'll, but, get, we'll get Brian's bread and we'll get uh, Morrow Creek Ranch avocados. All right. Well, that doesn't mean anything to anybody on the other <laughs> side of the country, but I got gotcha. you. It's all good. We'll be back with Grape and I got one more thing I want to talk to you about today, and we'll get into that when we return with Grape Encounters Radio. Even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, it takes nearly superhuman powers to keep up with the folks at Total Wine & More. I remember the first time I ever set foot in a Total Wine & More store, my jaw literally dropped to the floor as I tried to comprehend the astonishing wine, spirit, and beer offerings that were suddenly at my fingertips, wonderfully organized for super easy navigation. How do they pull off such an amazing feat? 
Well, it all comes down to an incomparable team of experts that constantly searches every corner of the world for amazing products priced so you can enjoy them on any occasion. Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with outstanding producers on every continent so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible savings. New discoveries, must-have favorites, and more than 8,000 wine choices that you can even explore from home on your laptop or phone. Explore Total Wine in whatever manner suits you best, in person or if you've come to enjoy that curbside experience, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your wine in the store or just outside if a contactless experience is your preference. And make sure to check for special opportunities that are always plentiful at TotalWine.com. There are always plenty of reasons to get excited about your next Total Wine experience. We like to talk about wine. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of MM Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops, there we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from MM Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be when you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at mmorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two-horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at mmorganics.com. Fling into spring at Total Wine & More, where fresh flavors are in full bloom. We're talking Rieslings and Rain Boots, Bubbly and Brunch. Pinot on the porch, anyone? No matter what's on your table, we have the wine and the savings to go with your menu. Sauvignon Blanc plays nicely with smoked salmon. Bacon practically begs for Chardonnay. And which rosé are you feeling today? We surely have a shade to match. Brighten up your glass with fresh cocktails. Rosé Prosecco makes for a beautiful twist on a mojito. Or mix up your sangria with a spritz of berry seltzer. With over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from, you can expect the unexpected, always at the best prices in town with the best service in America. What'll it be today? Choose curbside pickup, in-store pickup, shipping or delivery. Explore more in-store or at TotalWine.com. that I would spend the last segment of today's show uh, trying to thoroughly confuse you for just a little bit. Now, I am not doing this on purpose, mind you, but it's just that I wanted to talk about what's hot and what's not where wine is concerned. And there are two things that are real standouts when it comes to what consumers are gravitating toward. Now, when I typically talk about what is hot, I you know, tend to look at statistics and kind of check out what's selling and uh, and what people are really into, but it does not take rocket science or 
any kind of a study to see that there are two things that are getting a whole lot of attention. And actually, they've been getting a lot of attention in the last couple of years, but not like they're getting right now. And those two things are bubbly and rosé. And the reason that I think that it is going to be totally confusing to talk about these is because I can't think of two categories of wine that are more misunderstood than those two categories. So we're going to just kind of dive into it. And, you know, the subject of bubbly is particularly interesting because there is so much of it on the market right now. And, you know, we have a tendency when we refer to bubbles to call it champagne. You know, it's kind of how we call uh, tissues that we use uh, for our nose Kleenex. Uh, champagne is the Kleenex of wine. <laughs> I don't think the people who make champagne would particularly appreciate that analogy, but uh, just stay with me for a moment on that. You know, if it has bubbles and, you know, typically if it's white or perhaps rosé, uh, a lot of people will call it champagne, but the vast majority, and I mean the vast majority of bubbles, is not champagne. Now, champagne refers to basically two things. It refers to both a region in France, and it also refers to a method of making that particular kind of wine. They call it method champenois. Don't you feel smart when you say method champenois? And what that method is, is simply a second fermentation that takes place by adding yeast and sugar into the bottle. And then a cap is put on it and it is allowed to ferment. And as it ferments a second time, because it's already fermented once, uh, it builds up all of this pressure. It creates all of these bubbles. And then what they do is they take those bottles and they literally dip the ends of the bottles into liquid nitrogen. And that causes the sediment from the yeast to freeze solid. And they take a little, uh, just a little pick and they, uh, well, the first they take the cap off and then they use this little pick to pull out that uh, thing that is uh, called the dosage. And then they uh, put a champagne cork into it and then a, what they call a, you know, a, a cage on top of that so it uh, won't blow the cork uh, inadvertently because there's a whole lot of pressure in that bottle. Now, not all sparkling wines have that kind of enclosure and they don't need it, but they measure the pressure in bubbly by something called bars, B-A-R-S. And a champagne will have what they call three bars. It's not the same as the bars on your cell phone, by the way, but it's kind of the same idea when you get down to it. But there are other bubblies out there that don't have nearly that amount of uh, pressure in the bottle, but they do, I think, deliver a like amount of pleasure. And one of those bubblies that is getting a whole lot of attention is something called Vino Verde. Now, Vino Verde is a wine that comes from Portugal. And it's, um, it's interesting because Vino Verde does not refer to a type of grape. And by the way, champagne can only be made with a, a small select group of grapes where Vino Verde can be made from a whole lot of different grapes as long as they come from the Vino Verde region of Portugal. And how those Vino Verdes get 
bubbly is they add carbon dioxide to it. So they kind of fake it, right? It's a kind of a soda pop of wine, if you will, but it's delicious all the same. And it can come in so many different varieties, including red. And as a matter of fact, in Portugal, they like the red Vino Verdes uh, more than the whites. And here in the U.S., we drink almost predominantly white Vino Verde. I'm running out of time, but I got to talk about rosés for a second, because the one thing that I, I really find troubling is the fact that as people drink more and more rosé, they become oftentimes more and more disappointed because they think that when they open a bottle of rosé, that they're going to be drinking something that is sweet. And that just simply isn't the case. The lion's share of rosés are dry. And so I've seen more and more disappointed consumers these days because in these very hot days of summer, we migrate towards sweeter wines. We don't tend to drink nearly as much sweet wine during the days of winter. And so people will often go into a wine shop and say, oh, I want something that's, um, you know, sweet and bright. Let's make it a rosé. And they're going to be sorely disappointed if they're looking for something sweet because most of their rosés just plain aren't. But that doesn't make rosés not delicious because I love those bone-dry rosés. The thing is, is that uh, more and more and more of those are making it into the U.S. We're drinking them with a passion like never before. But for a small select group of people in the U.S., there is a lot of disappointment that occurs because they're not sweet like they expect them to be. So we're going to get into those topics in more details in the coming weeks. But for the moment, uh, hopefully I have thoroughly confused you with sparkling and rosé wines for this particular week. You know what? Check out Wikipedia. Do your homework uh, and you'll learn a lot. Uh, there's so much to know about sparkling wines and probably just as much to know about rosés. There's a lot of rosé being made in the world and most of it is just plain delicious. So don't miss out and don't miss out on next week's edition of Grape Encounters Radio. This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. When Total Wine & More challenged themselves to keep more than 8,000 wines on hand, they pioneered a consumer experience that 99.999% of the population would have thought was impossible. It was an undertaking that I still can't totally get my arms around today. But I've spent many hours of my personal time being that adult kid in a candy store, using my mouse to learn about their extremely affordable top 20 wines of the year, or learning eye-opening details about the iconic winemakers behind Total Wine's Legends of Wine collection. TotalWine.com is an online resource so rich with content, it's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at the same time next week for another Grape Encounter.